G'day and welcome to Partakers and to our series Haha Heroes and Heretics Abound. Together we are looking at the story of the church from its very origins through to the age of reasoning in the 18th century. Last time we looked at the change for Christianity under Constantine. The church changed from being persecuted to being, as some would say, compromised with its newfound freedom. During this time as well, Christian thinking was being developed and clarified. There were several church councils called over the next hundred years which served that purpose. But let us look firstly at some of the leading Christian thinkers of that time who helped formulate what we believe as 21st century Christians. Our first person is Athanasius, who was around from 296 to 373 AD. He was a deacon of the church in Alexandria, and he opposed Arius in the Council of Nicaea, which we will come to shortly. He became Bishop of Alexandria in 328. Athanasius was exiled five times because of his opposition to Arianism. Athanasius was the champion of orthodox Christian thinking. Let's go to Hilary of Poitiers. 295 to 368. He was the bishop of the church at Poitiers in France. He was the main defender of orthodoxy in the Western Church who opposed Arianism. Have you spotted a theme yet? Then there was Ambrose of Milan from 339 to 397 AD. He became the bishop of Milan in 374 at the age of 34 and it was in that role for 23 years. He was the governor of Milan, the capital of the empire, before being chosen as bishop by popular vote. Ambrose was unbaptized, untrained, and initially resisted being the people's choice. However, he soon gave in and became the bishop. Ambrose was noted for his courage and his unbending character, completing the overthrow of Arianism in the Western Church. And then we have perhaps the greatest theologian and thinker in the history of the church, Augustine. Aurelius Augustine, 354 to 430. He was born of a pagan father and a devout Christian mother in Africa. He was converted to Christianity at the age of 32 and he became the Bishop of Hippo in 393. As I said, he is certainly one of the greatest theologians and thinkers in the history of the church. Most of mainstream Christianity today draws upon his teachings and thoughts. Augustine was the first to clearly explain and express the doctrine of God's grace. That is, that salvation was a gift of God and could not be earned by anybody. Augustine taught that there was no salvation outside of the church. Very radical for its time. However, he did promote a belief in purgatory and the use of relics, which much of the evangelical church today would consider to be in contrast to biblical Christian teaching. Oh, and now we have John the Golden Mouth. John Chrysostom, 347-407. to 407. As you can tell by his nickname, he was a great orator, teacher and preacher. He was the Bishop of Antioch and Constantinople in the Eastern Church. Moving on now, we come to Jerome, 340-420. to 420. 
He was born in Italy, which was part of the Western Church. Jerome translated the Hebrew Old Testament into Latin, which was the popular language of the day, and the Latin Vulgate, which was accepted by the Roman Catholic Church as its official Latin translation for centuries. Jerome lived in Bethlehem as a hermit for 35 years, and he strongly promoted the monastic lifestyle as spiritually superior. And then lastly of our great thinkers is Leo. Leo the Great, 390-461. He was the Bishop of Rome from 440-461, to and he was born in Tuscany, Italy. He made a major advance in acceptance of the Bishop of Rome as the universal bishop, arguing as he did from Matthew 16, verse 18. Leo was referred to as the Pope by many bishops at the Council of Chalcedon, and this was largely accepted in the Western Church. Additionally, this was strongly supported by the Roman Emperor, who therefore made it an offence against the state to resist the Bishop of Rome or the Pope. As we can see by these people, Christian doctrine and thinking is continually developing. However, some incorrect thinking was also invading the church. For example, as we heard several times, Arianism and the heretical thoughts of Arius were rife. Therefore, over the next hundred years, various church councils were called, not only to combat Arianism, but also other heresies and heretics, some very subtle ones. In 324 AD, the Council of Nicaea was called by Constantine, the Roman Emperor, to resolve the Arian heresy. Arius, an elder from Alexandria, taught that Jesus Christ was merely a created being and not God. Jesus was human, but not God. Athanasius, a deacon in the Alexandria church, opposed Arius, and he supported Christ's deity. Athanasius taught that Christ was fully God and fully human. The debate raged over whether Jesus Christ should be described as the same essence as the Father, or be described as like essence as the Father. Eventually it was accepted that Jesus Christ was the same essence as the Father and the Nicene Creed contains the final statement about Jesus Christ's deity. Jesus was fully God and fully human. Moving on now to 381 AD, and we come to the Council of Constantinople. This was called to discuss Apollinarianism and Sabellianism. Apollinarianism was a theory proposed by Apollinarius the Younger, who was the Bishop of Laodicea. This theory was that Jesus had a human body and a human sensitive soul, but that Jesus did not possess a human rational mind, but rather had a divine mind. There was also the theory of modalism or Unitarianism, which proposed that the Heavenly Father, the Resurrected Son, and the Holy Spirit were three different modes of the one God, rather than the Trinitarianism, which subscribes to three distinct persons within the one Godhead. Sabellianism differed slightly from this, in that Sabellius, its proposer, acknowledged that Jesus was indeed fully God. At the Council of Constantinople, these teachings were condemned as unbiblical and therefore were heresies. The Holy Spirit here was affirmed to be a person equal with the Father and the Son. 
and then on to the Council of Ephesus in 431 AD. This was called to discuss Nestorianism, at which it was condemned as a heresy. Nestorius protested, stating that Mary was the mother of the humanity of Jesus Christ, but certainly not of his deity. Nestorian Christians engaged in great missionary endeavour, reaching across Asia to China in the Middle Ages. This council of Ephesus condemned and deposed Nestorius. Eutyches, Nestorius' opponent, was deposed 20 years later himself with being a heretic, because he taught that Jesus Christ had only a divine nature and was not fully human. And then lastly we come to the Council of Chalcedon in 451 AD. 500 bishops met and affirmed that Jesus Christ had two equal natures, both divine and human, and that it was unchangeably united in one person. This council condemned Eutyches, who believed that Jesus Christ had only the one divine nature, denying his human nature. The heretical thoughts of Arianism, Nestorianism, Apollinarianism, Unitarianism, Modalism and Sabellianism are still in some religious thoughts today, particularly in the cults such as Mormonism and Jehovah Witnesses. Next time in our series AHA, we will look at how the church continues to expand and develop in the 4th and 5th centuries. We discover Eastern and Western Christianity and the advent of monasticism. Thanks for listening. Come back to Partakers, where every day there is something new to encourage your walk as a Christian in the 21st century. www.partakers.co.uk